What's up, everybody? This is your host, Josh. And this is your host, Rail. Welcome to Econics Talks. This is our podcast, and we're going to be talking about different lifestyle topics, entrepreneurship, and investing. We want to inform you, educate you, and empower you so that you can maximize your life. Let's get started. Welcome back to Econics Talks, guys. I have a very special guest with me today, and his name is Phil Paul. This is one of my fraternity brothers. Um, he's actually mentored me, sold me my first house, given me a lot of business advice, and I felt it was um, an honor to have him on my show just to share his story with us and his knowledge um, in the real estate market. Um, did, I, did I leave anything out? I know he went to Florida State, yes, Florida sir. State grad, yes, sir. so he's proud of that. And he's a realtor and also an investor as well. So he's not on just the realtor side, but he does own property. Um, and he's a landlord, all that jazz. He can get into that in a second. So let's go ahead and get this interview cracking, man. I, I, he has so much information and wealth of knowledge, you know, from um, loans to bad experiences to great investments, all that kind of stuff. So go ahead and introduce yourself, Phil. Tell the world who you are. Hey, what's going on, folks? As Josh said, my name is Philip Paul uh, from Jacksonville, Florida, but currently, currently, currently reside <laughs> in Tampa, Florida. Uh, started selling real estate when I was 23 years old. Actually, April 1st will make 15 years in the game. So uh, I started, like I said, at 23 and started investing in property probably about 25 and now own my own real estate brokerage and several properties around the state of Florida. So, and that leads me to my first question. So, what made you decide that real estate was a good option for you, like, right out of college? Uh, well, to be honest, I, real estate wasn't even on the brains when I graduated from what'd college. You, what did you study? Uh, my major at Florida State was residential housing design and property management. And so, then I started at FAMU for my master's in architecture. So, I was in school for architecture. So, but you're still in the same, but you're like in the same ballpark. I was drawing floor plans. Bro, I basically. majored in international studies. I'm not doing... Anything. Anything close to that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can dabble a little bit, say yes, I can tie the fields together, but uh, it was basically architecture. Uh, and when I was up there, I had a student that I mentored that asked me what it was that I graduated um, in as far as major-wise. And I called my old advisor. She asked me why I was back in Tallahassee, and I told her I was at FAM. And she's the one that told me to send my resume over to Pulte Homes in Tampa, which ended up being why I moved down here. Okay. So you moved down here, for, um, to, and you started doing realty. And so, what was your like experience? Because you were new to the game, you didn't know anything. So, how did you actually break into the business and kind of make a name for yourself? Well, when I started at Pulte, they had a six-month training program in regards to figuring out how the company comes together and the people behind the jobs. And uh, I was in the sales office, mentored by two women, Janelle and Karen. And Janelle is the one that told me that my personality best fit sales in her opinion and after my six months of training they gave me my own subdivision it was straight dirt dirt and a go-kart and they say we're going to build you a model for you to be in and uh sell the house that we have they had phase one was about 353 houses so as my model was completed of course they started marketing in the community and people were in influx of people every weekend we'd get houses released and people would come in and take a number we'd sell five or six and say sorry Come back next week, the price will be $10,000 higher, but we'll have some available. That's how the market was back then. And what year was this? This was 2004, 2005, 2006. Steroids. Literally, Stero the market was on steroids. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I feel like, like the market 
has been that way for housing for the housing market. I would say for like the last two, three years. Uh, it's, it's not yeah. been, I don't think it's been on steroids. It but hasn't been on steroids, but it has been on the incline. There you go. Because uh, the, the, everybody talks about the bubble. Yeah. You know, so in 04, 05, a little bit of 06, there was definitely that bubble where builders, sellers were jacking up the price and people just took it. You know, if you had a pulse, you can get a mortgage. No right. doc, no doc loan, meaning you didn't have to tell them anything. Right. As far as your income or, or debt, nothing. Uh, so anybody could get a loan. And that's what was taking place. And 2008 is when you say that bubble burst right. and everything crashed. And, of course, the realtors that were in the game to make the money uh, that didn't have the skills, it was just paper chasing, they left the market. So it's the people that were truly invested that stayed in and are able to flourish now, like you're saying, when the incline came back up. You made money now. Oh, yeah. When it came back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what did you do? So... How old were you in 2008 when everything crashed? You're asking a lot of information in regards to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, because what I want people to see is doesn't matter how old you are and what your circumstance necessarily is, but it's really about what your mindset is and what, what you really do with you. I'll, I'll, I'll put it like this. When I started in real estate, I was 23 years old. Right. Did not know anything about it. Had to get trained into the business. Right. Um, because the way the market was... I did make, um, I don't say what I made, but I will tell you that I paid $93,000 to Uncle Sam in taxes. That's crazy. Okay? In taxes. So that's the type of market that it was. Yeah. Um, when I left Pulte and started doing general real estate in 2010, my income dropped significantly because now you're doing general real estate where you're driving around, you're marketing yourself. I actually, I remember making my own flyers putting on headphones, walking through neighborhoods, walking through publics and putting flyers on cars, putting stuff on the radio, just trying to get my name out there to build my brand. Uh, but even in that first year, I only made $24,000. That's crazy. I could have worked at McDonald's. True. And made that, that amount of money. But it was about marketing yourself and building your own personal brand for people Correct. to know that you were worth it. And then the referrals started coming in. So right. from... 2010 at 24, I jumped up to 80, 87 that second year, and stuff has just gone up from there. Right. Not to just throw numbers out there, but this is what the potential of, you know, hustling uh, can do for you. Right, you know, right, right. So when you got your first like big check, did you ball out? Like what? What did? What was that moment like? That moment of realization? Like wow! <laughs> like I just I I did it. I made it. What was that moment? Okay, so I think I've had two different moments in life where I've been proud of myself. Right. Okay. I'm the oldest of four. So I've always been told I need to be the one to blaze the trails mm -hmm. for my sisters to follow. Okay. Um, the first check that I got that was big was right around Christmas. And I remember walking into Tiffany's and um, they looked at me Kind of, I mean, you got the young black I mean, you guy young. walking in. You're still young. And, you're still young. Um, so I mean, well, th well, thank you, brother. I mean, you're not old <laughs> at all. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. So uh, I walked into Tiffany's, and then they asked how I can help. And I said, I want four of those, five of those, six of those. And I just had them line them up. Okay? They had all the blue bags with the um, regular Tiffany's color uh, handles. And I asked them if they had a red rope. And I took the red rope and strung it through all of the bags and tied it at the top so I can throw it over my shoulder 
and walk out the mall. You are tripping. Oh, I was extra. (laughs) (laughs) Walk out the mall into the car, drove to Jacksonville, and passed them out to all my aunts, uncles, and cousins, female cousins, as Christmas gifts. Did they look at you like you were crazy? Not your your family. I'm talking about the people in Tiffany's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About the family. They were cheesing. But Tiffany's, of course, they looked like crazy. But they did it. I mean, that was a big check. So what was that moment like? Because, you know, I'll say like this. Like, my... My moment that I that I'm looking forward to because I haven't reached the pinnacle of what I'm mm-hmm. trying to accomplish mm-hmm. it is the day I can retire my my aunt and like buy another house for my mom and my family just to be like yo you don't have to work anymore y'all can do what y'all want to do just chill it's taken care of mm-hmm. I feel like when I get to that moment that that moment for me will probably be one of the greatest accomplishments in my life. To be honest, man, I think in in, uh, in my life I've always set small attainable goals mm-hmm. um, so whether it was graduating high school at 17 or finishing college in three years or getting to make this money in real estate what what pleases me the most is not only accomplishing those goals but looking at my parents and knowing that they can say their son did it right, right? that they if they wanted to which they don't if they wanted to they can boast and brag and know that if anything were to happen to them mm-hmm. Phil has it on lock Right. Yeah. So th- those moments for me is what it was. Or for you to, to, to help my parents pay the mortgage off of the house, or hey, mom and dad, y'all need a new car. Here's payment towards the car. Don't worry about sending me this. Like those little things for me, on a monthly or bi whatever basis, is what satisfaction I get. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because you're able to be a help to them. Correct. And they know at the end of the day, Correct. like I raised my. They son. never ask, but if I know the situation, oh, it's gonna be squared away. Right. You Correct. are. You gonna take care of your Correct. people. Correct. Correct. So that's that's so. That leads me to my next question, man. So, in real estate, what was your first investment like? Like, what, how, because I know for me, mine was very, I wasn't scared, but it took me a while to jump. So, what was that like for you? Because you went on the realtor side, right? You made it through the 2008 housing crash, and then I'm pretty sure you were just like, all right, I want to go on the investor side. You know, looking back or thinking about it now, my first dabble in real estate, I didn't even realize what was going on because my mom had bought a duplex while I was at Florida State. And um, I was living in there, used the financial aid money that there was extra. That's how we paid the mortgage or whatever, just being honest. (laughs) And um, after I graduated from state, mom put the house in my name, which technically meant I had to apply for the loan and the title and all that came to me. And then we rented it out. Of course, me being 20 years old at the time, I didn't know what the heck was going on. Mom was just saying, hey, sign here, do da 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 So that technically was sign, my first sign some shit and you with, in real estate. And shoot, 20, 17 years later, we still have that house and there's somebody in there paying that rent still. That's what's up. But at that point, at 20, I guess I didn't realize that that was my first entrance into the real estate game. Because if I fast forward to moving to Tampa four years later... I was nervous as hell yeah. to buy my first house. I'm the sales guy in the office that's making people buy these houses, fill out these contracts, walking them through the models. But when it came to me dipping my toe in the water, I was reluctant. Dip my toe in, pull it back out. Okay, <laughs> it, If it was not for those two ladies I mentioned, Karen and Janelle, to say, Phil, this is the most sound decision you can make. Because, again, we knew that prices were increasing $10,000 increments every weekend. So getting on the ground level, buy your house. You, you're working in the subdivision. You can walk to work every day. Like, no gas money. Why not do it? 
you can afford the mortgage. Correct, correct. Right. So, of course, any decision, even at 37, I still call my parents to talk to them about it. So back then I did it and they're like, hey, if you could do it, do it. Right. And I did it and it's probably the best. I still live in the house now. People feel you're going to move? Nope. I am A-OK. No, nope. I'm not going anywhere. And that equity is still sitting in the house. You know, so once I knew everything was good with that one is when I started that one. Okay, let me buy another one in Tallahassee. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. We got this one in Tampa. So you do different things to uh, spread the equity or spread your investment portfolio. Right. Um, so you have incremental income coming from each one. Right. Because I know a lot of people want to get involved in real estate. Everybody, It's cool to say, oh, I'm in, I'm in real estate. It's, it's like one of the things to say now. Like, oh. it's saying it because you buying houses or saying it because you have a real estate life. Everybody tries to do it. Right. But not everybody's successful at doing it. Right. So what separates, like for the young realtor that or somebody who's thinking about going into realty, what what is going to separate them in 2019? The hunger and the drive. And I say that because I interview agents all the time that want to come and work for me at my my, my office. And uh, I'm looking for the hunger. I'm looking for the drive. I'm looking to see um, where they've been, where they plan on going. And then I tell them, I'm like, look, when I left my last year at Pulsey, when the bubble burst, I flat out say I made $87,000 my last year at Pulsey in 2009. In 2010, I say, hey, I was in the streets putting out flyers, doing X, Y, and Z, and I still only made 24000 for a year, a year and a half, lived on $24,000. It wasn't until I had a couple of closings, people knew my name, and referrals started coming in for me to bump back up to eighty, and then sky was the limit after that. Yeah. And they hear that, they're with it, but six months down the line after they say they have no money coming in, you know, Phil, I have to go get a full-time job. Phil, I can't do that. And I flat out told them in the beginning, make sure you have enough saved up for this game. Oh, I'm good. Some make it, some don't. And I probably say it's probably 20% that make it. Everybody else fall by the wayside. And those people trying to get in the game. So those people that are trying to get in the game and are dealing with the business, think about investors, period. If you're an investor just trying to get your feet as far as buying properties, they have to be more nervous because they're not as knowledgeable than folks that actually have their real estate license and went through these classes. Right. So what was your scariest moment? In your real estate career, what has been like that you were just like, whoa, how am I going to get through this? Ooh, scariest moment. Um, if I had to pick a scariest moment that also dovetails into my most upset and frustrated and trying to figure stuff out moment, it would have to be probably two years ago with a tenant. That I had. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you what was your worst tenant. Oh, that's that's my story. Okay, moment. please tell because you okay. told me this story before. Um, please tell please tell us the story. Most of the time, if you're if you're lucky, you know you have tenants that pay on time. Sometimes people are are late on rent, um, and you just charge them the late fee or whatever. But I was dealing with a tenant in uh, Tallahassee that was on Section Eight. Okay, um, Section Eight is great because you, you, the government dr- drops the money in your account on time, right? But uh, sometimes there is an overage where tenants have to pay because their coupon on whatever is only a certain amount. Um, but let me back up a little bit. This young lady did not have the funds to put down her security deposit. So Mr. Nice Guy Phil was like, oh, well, okay, here's what we'll do. We'll just draw up an addendum to say you'll pay the security deposit in increments on such and such dates, 
And then by that time, you know, before the lease is up, we'll have your security deposit. Every month, it was something where she didn't have the funds to pay. All right, you know, cool. Just let me know when you have it instead of you got to go, right? Right. (sighs) I'm having flashbacks. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go to the end of her lease. I tell her that I'm coming up to Tallahassee to do a final walkthrough on her house. Please meet me there at such and such time. I will call you when I am 20 minutes outside of Tally so you know to be ready at the house. When I got close, I called no answer. I got off the exit. I called no answer. Okay. Don't know what's going on, but cool. I pulled up to the house, and when I pulled up to my house in Tallahassee, there was a huge pile of personal belongings on the grass next to the sidewalk. So I'm already like, bruh. WTF. I'm going yes. to see PG. Okay? What? As I'm pulling up. So I'm like, okay, let me just see if somebody's inside. Knock on the door. Nobody's answering the door. So I said, all right, let me walk around to the back. When I walk around to the back, there's a screen patio. But when I cut the corner to the backyard, my screen patio door was laying in the grass. <laughs> it, it's okay. almost like a movie. Oh, it was a movie. <laughs> Starring Phil. That's what it was. Okay? So... I walk into the patio and I reach for the door handle and I turn the doorknob and as I'm turning it slowly, it's opening. Okay, I'm nervous to open the door because I know somebody's inside, but I go ahead and I open the door. As soon as I open it, roaches from the top of the door oh, hell start nah. falling from the top oh, to the floor nah. and start running. Nah. Okay. Hell no. Nah. I'm gonna leave it at that. So when I walk in the house, <laughs> did you scream? Pull. <laughs> you don't know my life, brother. You don't know my life. Let's keep it moving. It's story time. <laughs> All right. So walk in, roaches everywhere, holes in doors, blinds are melted, refrigerators brown on the inside, microwaves busted. It was horrible. St- to this day, I still have not heard from this girl. All I can do is take pictures and take them to Section 8 to tell them, hey, this is what's going on in this house. I need to be reimbursed. Da, 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 da. All that lady could tell me Section 8 was, you didn't take the security deposit, so you are responsible for these repairs. What we can do is make a note on her file so that her voucher will no longer be available for her. Wow. I still... And you know what I hate too, man? You know how Facebook, if you have somebody's phone number in your phone, they come up as suggested? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's come up as suggested. I just got chill. Look at these goosebumps. She's come up as (laughs) suggested. did Did you add? No. I just leave it alone, brother. I'm blessed. Let's keep it moving. Yeah. Luckily, I had a home warranty, so they covered some of the damages yeah. on it. But that had to be the scariest thing because I did not. I've never had an experience with a tenant like that, and I knew that I dropped the ball in in regards to right. being too nice. Right, right. Uh, but I bounced back. Man, and yeah, I I have some experiences like that too. You know, with my Airbnb, I've had um. I've had some experiences where I've, I've definitely been really nice or too nice with the guest, and then they take advantage of that niceness. They take advantage of that kindness, and then they just, like, trash your place. So I definitely understand exactly what you mean when you say, you know, what that what that person did to you. It, you almost take it personal. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn, yo, like, I'm, I'm allowing you. For you. Right, I'm allowing yep. you to live here. Yep. I'm allowing you to do this. I'm providing everything that you need, and this is how you treat my place. Yep. So as a businessman, what did you learn from? Because, again, people think real, being a realtor, people think investing is all cool, but they don't see that side. Business is business. There like, you go. You can't, you can't even lean. There's no gray area. It's black or white. I'm sorry you don't have it. You're not the tenant for me. 
or you need to find a way to get this money to make it happen, which is hard because I'm, it's very difficult for me to say no to people in my personal life, which bleeds over into that business life. But once you go through certain instances, you realize it's black or white. Yep. 100%. Totally agree. Um, what we're going to do, we're going to have a part two to this interview. Hey. So uh, y'all going to have to stay tuned for part two. Um, but for now, I need you guys to like, share, and comment. Yo, Phil has an amazing story. He definitely has um, more things he wants to share about the actual buying process, definitely. the loan process. Def- I want to get his story out first. We want to talk about the actual nitty and gritty of buying a home. So um, follow Econics. Shout out to all my followers. Thank you guys for you know continuing to support me. Share this. Like it. Do what you do. And y'all have a good one. Peace. Stay tuned. Peace.